You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Josh Swallow's Broadway. Hi, Alan. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, babe. Hi, Hi, babe. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. 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 Can you Um, tell I'm straight? Yeah, babe. Yeah, totally, babe. Hey, babe. Um, Yeah. uh, Josh's requisite straight person. I think it's a good voice. Yeah, mother. Unless I'll do the Mike Pence. Yeah, mother. I love you, mother. Um, So gross. Um, Today, I'm really excited. Uh, Andrew Pollack is on the show, and I'm such a nerdy, nerdy fan for him. Uh, I mean, not only is he, like, one of the most gorgeous, gorgeous, talented people on the planet, but he is the heart of gold uh the guy is just pure a pure delight it was so much fun talking to him um yeah and also thank you so much to all of our patreon supporters we love hanging out with you on the zoom uh and i'm so glad that now you finally can see the videos of season one yay 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 Um, and also just to uh promote something alan you told me about a podcast that i'm going to be obsessed with called out for blood oh (laughs) yes yes it's like true crime meets broadway it's the it's a, a the the actual story talking to uh, in like documentary form audio documentary of the flop and the scandal that was Carrie the musical. I'm sold. I'm obsessed. Um, well, anyway, everybody go check that out. Um, and also uh, ASMR. ASMR. Not again. <laughs> no, this is the okay. Third time. Okay, no more ASMR. But welcome to Josh Swallows. Enjoy, bitches! Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows, Broadway! Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows, Broadway! Hey, everybody, welcome back to Josh Swallows Broadway. I just have to say, we were having some mic drama, and uh, Alan was like, okay, uh, your mic is too hot, and so I had to pretend to get excited to get the level right, and I did that mic going, happy Hanukkah! So I guess Hanukkah is <laughs> what excites me, but you know what the miracle of Han- You know what my fucking miracle of Hanukkah is? My miracle of Hanukkah is Andrew Pollock. Andrew has been the star of Bat Out of Hell, uh, since 2015, he is one of the most incredible electric performers I've ever seen. His voice is insane. It's like you can see music like oozing out of his pores. That is how intense it is watching him perform. It's amazing. And uh, I've been a huge fan. And so welcome to the show, Andrew Pollock. I am so thrilled to be here, and that is quite an introduction to live up to. So, thank you so much for pouring your heart out onto this podcast. You're amazing, dude. You're amazing. Um, <laughs> so you're from Philadelphia. I am. I'm from Philadelphia. I'm from outside of Philadelphia. I'm in the Bucks County area. 
Okay. Which uh, I guess is known for the Bucks County Playhouse. Yes, uh, it sure is. Whose era you're, um, I guess, from. Because I know there was one point where it was kind of doing a nosedive down as not a very wonderful theater. And then Alex Frazier took it over and it's been on the up and up, which is now it's huge. It's like yeah, harder yeah. to get a job there than it is on Broadway. Yeah, it it, it really is. You know, um, it's you like- know, speaking of Broadway, I I saw the prompt and I'm so bummed. I missed you that day. I don't know where you were. No. I know. And it was such an amazing show. It's one of my favorites. I still have the shirt. Uh, we're all lesbians. Isn't I, I'm that not a quite great sure when shirt? Or where to wear it. Yeah. Anywhere. Wear it on stage. Anywhere. Punk it up. <laughs> I wore it in New York City once and I got so many stares. I, I don't know. I couldn't read the stares very well. Yeah. But... Well, I agree. I wore it to the gym once and people, I think they just think <laughs> that I am a lesbian. Like, like, you know, like, Sometimes I'll see like a hot like twink and then I'll be like, damn it, it's a lesbian. <laughs> and then sometimes they see me and they're like, oh, mama, butch. oh, God damn it, it's a character actor, <laughs> you know? Um, so, hmm. anyway, um, thank you. I'm really glad that you liked the prom. I, I missed that show and I'm sorry we didn't get to meet then. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I, I loved that show and I'm, I'm so sorry it went away. I mean, you know, like all. Broadway shows right now, so I guess everyone's in the same boat. Um, yeah, but you know, I I watched your uh, Marquee Channel where you gave everyone the tour of the oh. theater, <laughs> which was incredible. I love that you said you went up uh, eight hundred and seventy nine steps just to get up to your dressing room. Yeah, what the fuck? Who puts a big girl on the top floor? <laughs> like, were there I, really that many steps, or is this just a? I mean. Hyperbole? It was, uh, I guess some people might say that I have a tendency to think in, you know, hyperbolic terms, Um, but it felt like it. It might not have been that many steps, but it was a punishment from God. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's just not fair. It's not fair. Um, But anyway. uh, I got you. Yeah. I long for the day when my dressing room is on stage. On stage? Well, not in front of As everybody, but just change. No, just stage level. I don't have to put up with anything. I can tell the crew to be qu- be quiet. I'm getting into character. Be qu- hush. I'm working on my jokes. <laughs> um, but I love the city center you, backstage. Wait, did you just ahead. do? Did you just do Jiminy Glick? I absolutely did. <laughs> I love that you know Jiminy Glick. Oh, yeah. No, Martin so. Short's one of my heroes. That's amazing. <laughs> Same. He came to see prom, and it was impossible to say hi to him because he was, like, just doing bits. Was like, he really? Yes. He just doesn't turn off ever? Ever. He was, like, center stage being like, hello! <laughs> just, and you wanted to say hi, but at the same time, you're watching Martin Short just be Martin Short for nobody but himself. I want to say, is that the same theater where he did Fame Becomes Me? Maybe. Maybe. I'm not sure. I, I should have done way more research. Had I yeah, known you, you should have done man. more research. <laughs> Andrew, this this is disappointing. I'm going to talk to your parents after this and uh, uh, okay. I'll, let I'll, them know. I'll give you the number. <laughs> as long now, as I can talk to your dad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, when did you start performing? Oh, geez. I was a late bloomer. 
uh, I want to say that I had to get hit on the head first before I decided to go into uh, theater and literally music like, and everything. You got into a terrible bike accident. Yeah, right? I got into a really bad bicycle accident. And before that, I was gung ho sports kid. I really liked lacrosse, and I thought might as well just do lacrosse if I'm good enough, get a scholarship, and then become a doctor or a lawyer. You know, one of those traditional career pathways that right now in this very moment probably <laughs> seem like great choices i great should have options. gone into lacrosse <laughs> yeah um yeah but uh you know that that changed i i got into a bad bike accident uh hit my head pretty bad God. scraped up like a whole side of my body and that's so scary yeah it is and when i got out of that after being in the ER or the head trauma unit for five days. The doctor oh asked me God. to walk into like a straight walk in a straight line, and I couldn't. And she said, "You know, I'm really sorry. I know you really like sports, but you can't do contact sports for at least a year, uh, if not ever again." And I looked at her, and just the hope kind of drained out of my body because I was such an energetic kid, and I had no idea where to put all of this energy. And around that time, that's when my dad played me rock music he played me songs and my mom introduced me to musical theater and all of a sudden i was seeing how musical theater can actually be more of a physical exertion than i'd even realized and i went down that path because i saw people like meatloaf being near hysterics on stage doing paradise by the dashboard light and kind of went down that path and going down that path, I wanted to start my own band, and then I wanted to be in every musical show. And then, I, I, I guess once high school ended, I was like, well, you know, I should probably go and like do like a liberal arts degree and maybe get a normal job. But I, I went to a school up in Rochester, New York, and there was a theater program there called Todd Theater, and there's a wonderful man there named Nigel Maester who runs an absolutely out-of-the-box thinking theater program. And he inspired me to keep going with it. And I simultaneously was doing theater and obviously are everyone's favorite acapella. And then also formed another rock band that was called Cat House. And to top all of that off, instead of enjoying all that and going, okay, that was my time. Now it's officially over. Now I'm going to go to law school or go become a doctor. I took a risk and auditioned for grad schools and I got into Brown's MFA program and went down that path and then moved to New York city. And wow. it, it's kind of been crazy ever since. And, uh, when, when did you know that you could sing? I knew that I could sing at 14. I really didn't realize that I could before. I was given a solo in my school choir, I guess in ninth grade. And I looked at him crazy. I thought, why are you giving me this solo? There have been people who have been in this choir since, what, seventh grade. Why, why me? And I think my parents thought it was a bit strange, too. However, the night of the choir concert, we did the song, 
and it was like a, a jazz Rocky song. And I sang it. And after I got off stage at the end, my parents came up to me with these huge eyes and they said, oh my gosh, you can sing. Like, you can sing. And I guess previously I had always thought if you can talk, you can sing. Because singing is just holding what you're saying for a longer time than right. usual. Right, yeah. That was beautiful. Thanks. And my mother and father both said, no, 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 you can really sing. And I didn't know there was a difference, but they said, you, you've got you've to keep at this. You actually can sing. You have a talent there. I wish was there really was the first like time. a video of your dad, like with a camcorder watching the <laughs> concert and then being like, holy shit, he can say, babe, babe, are you watching this, babe? Oh, we're going to get him an agent, babe. Oh man. I, I, a, that would have been great if my parents had gotten me an agent at that point. But, uh, <laughs> B, I, I can't believe, I can't imagine my parents calling each other, babe. I don't. I don't know if they're that sexy with each other, which is unfortunate. I, I was gonna. I would cut in here because, like Josh, every time you talk about straight couples, it's always babe. So I'm, I'm babe. just like, I'm like babe, babe, like babe, babe. I love babe, you, babe. I love babe. you, babe. Like we're straight. We're straight. So we call each other babe. Well, it's oh, better what? than Mike Pence, who calls his wife mother. Oh uh, yeah, I'll Ooh. give you that. I'll give you that. I, I even go ahead. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I can't deal with that. And I know I'm watching a TV show called Servant right now. And they call each other darling, uh, the the husband and wife. And it's just like the most cringeworthy thing. Yeah, it's creepy. Um, you uh, you met your girlfriend through uh, Bad Out of Hell, right? I did. I met Christina Bennington through Bad Out of Hell when we went to the UK and started the production in Manchester. Have you tried calling her darling or mother? She, I don't know if she would like that at all. I've been challenging. I've tried babe, and she said no. No, babe. But babe, babe. Yeah, right? Babe. Oh, baby. Come on, baby. baby. Come on, babe. Um, I've been challenging my friends to call their partners mother or father, you know, respectively. And um, so far, only one friend has done it, and it did not go well. What happened? I, no, they were just like, what did you call me? <laughs> He was like, uh, mother, I thought it would be, no, that's not funny. And, uh, I trying to get my dad to call my wife, to call my, my wife, Your wife? To, to call my <laughs> mom, on. mother, go on. This is very interesting. All of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. I'll give it another shot and I'll, I'll let you know the, uh, result. mother. It's Andrew. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Please tell her that she's incredibly talented too. Oh, I absolutely um, will. She's amazing, and it's really the, amazing. The chemistry you two have is phenomenal. But I'll get back to her. So at Brown, like, isn't the college there like you're not studying Footloose? You're studying like a Ripley Collies. This was written in 2013 BC of the afterbirth, you know, whatever. Yeah, of course. You're studying Oedipus and a lot of Shakespeare. I mean, it was very, very Shakespeare intensive. And uh, it was all straight theater. There was really no musical theater at all, uh, which, you know, I guess made me sad because I really, really like musical theater. I think that's my favorite kind of theater. Aww. However, I also knew that if I studied this, I would be able to 
act through song and be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, do you have any interest in doing like Shakespearean stuff? I really, really like Shakespeare. I mean, you, you've done Shakespeare. No. Right? No? No. People don't trust me with that. <laughs> no. I mean, I think it's wonderful because it basically is saying poetry on the stage, almost similar to singing. And it's very, very heightened. I just, I do worry that in some sense, a lot of us are finding it too much of a foreign language now. Absolutely. we're still trying to hold on to it. And I don't know, I, I don't know if there's going to come a time where we actually have to just let go completely. I, I just hope it's not anytime soon because I know there's still lessons that we have to learn there. I, I don't think that there, there will be uh, Patrick page does an amazing uh, sort of like Shakespeare language class that I'm actually planning on taking just because I've been one of those people that when I see it, I love it. But when I read it, I'm like, what? <laughs> and I've always had this sort of dream nightmare of being asked to do a classical monologue and just making it up and being like, thine eyes trigger. <laughs> the moon beameth not for I, you know, and just. I think that was pentameter. I, I think you got it. See, I've got an ear for this shit. Yeah. It's look that musical out. ear. Yeah, look out, Oscar Eustace. I'm coming to the Delacorte this summer. <laughs> um, and then, so out of out of co- college, what was your first gig? Oh my gosh, my first gig was uh, the Battle of Hell workshop. Wow. I know, it's it's madness. And I know this really, really doesn't happen, and I was very, very fortunate, and it was incredibly serendipitous the way it happened. Yabba-dabba-doo. You're yeah. a wonderful human. Don't worry about any of that. <laughs> Things happen when they happen, you know, and they don't when they don't. Yabba-dabba-doo. So well-deserved. What? Where were you when you got the call? Oh, my gosh. I... I guess going into it, I had been going to just about every single open call uh, that was in New York that possibly fit my description. And I just miraculously somehow found my way into an actual meeting for the SpongeBob musical after going to an open call. Like I had gone to like the ensemble open call yeah, and was like picked out of the line and said, no, get him out. And then I went to the principal. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's crazy. And I went get to get him principal. out of here. <laughs> like he can't juggle, he can't tap. Uh, and I was like, ah, oh, bummer. I really like SpongeBob, uh, but I don't know if that's a good enough a reason to do the show. Um, it is in my book. Yeah. Okay. Take that, Tina. Take, Take that. that, Tina Landau. Um, and I, I guess I went to the principal like open call audition. I was expecting there to be like a million people like the previous one and there was nobody there and I sang living on a prayer and I think they're like, Oh boy, we're going to hear this again. And I started singing and they all kind of looked up as if to suggest where the heck did this kid come from? And they said, okay, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll call you in for like a meeting. I was like, awesome. Open calls worked out. Don't give up kids. Yeah. And I was at this meeting for SpongeBob and they said, bring a musical instrument. And I brought a huge floor Tom drum. And 
you know, I props to this guy who was sitting next to me. He looks over at me, looks at my tom drum, thinks I'm a bit of a nut to have brought in a drum to like a instrument singing audition and goes, Hey, you trying out for that bat out of hell musical down the street. It's at Pearl studios. And I kind of looked over at him and had to double take because bat out of hell is one of my favorite records. And I went, do you mean like a meatloaf musical? And he goes, no, no, I think it's, I think it's a misnomer. I think they're using that for something else. And I went, I bet that's the Jim Steinman Meatloaf musical. And so I walked into that SpongeBob audition with my SpongeBob backpack and my SpongeBob belt. And I think immediately they thought I was way too much of a fan or just too much, too extra. And uh, I didn't hear anything back from that. However, I waddled down the streets of New York with my huge Tom drum. Like Dick fucking Van Dyke. (laughs) With the Cockney accent and everything. (laughs) Excuse me, everybody. Trying to go to an audition. Yeah. It's surprising how many people in New York City just do not care. But, uh, you know, you get there. Uh, And I I got there, and it must have been the tiniest room in Pearl Studios. And I squeezed the drum through the door. And here I was in my SpongeBob outfit where everyone who previously had gone into the room had leather jackets and spiky belts. <laughs> and I uh, could have sworn she was almost going to say, no, I think you're in the wrong audition. You need to go down back up to, uh, oh my gosh, uh, where Telsey used to be. Yeah, I mean, 43rd what or whatever. Yeah, 43rd. <clears throat> and I do about 16 bars, which, you know, that classic... Uh, open call audition and beat my drum to a a bloody drum and I ended up getting a call from my agent maybe a week later asking did you try out for the meatloaf musical and not tell us and I was like oh yeah I did sorry forgive me yeah I don't know it was all in good fun I just heard about it and just went and they're like well they want to see you again and they've asked you I don't know what this means but to bring the drum (laughs) And I I brought the drum back and the same kind of thing happened. I, it seemed like I was a fish out of water and they had no idea where I came from. And the director kind of looked at me and I was, I was in for Jaguar. I was in for, um, one of the supporting roles for the lead. And after that second audition, I was all of a sudden in the final callbacks for the lead. And when I had read the script, I imagine this lead being about uh, six foot seven and just like, you know, just abs for days and like just biceps that could crunch cars. And I was like, I don't think I'm the right person for this at all. And you walked into that room for the final callback and there was Jim Steinman right in the middle. And Jim Steinman has these Lady Gaga sunglasses on, no lie, (laughs) like the crystals coming out of them. Uh, the leather gloves with the like urchin spikes that are popping out of them that are bright purple and orange and green. And he is sitting there like the god of rock and roll in his little like wheelchair throne with the bat wings. And I looked at him and thought, oh man, you were 
you wanted to be the star of this musical back in the day before things fell apart. Uh, like, this was your dream. And I thought, you know what? I think I can make your dream come true. And so I went through two rounds of callbacks. And at the end of the second round, Jim Steinman was yelling at me to like sing more high C's. And I was doing it. And I walked out of there. And it was the first time I walked out of an audition and went, wow, I, I think I got that. And like, I, what, two days later, my agent's calling me up. And they're like, yep, you got the workshop for Battle to Hell. Congrats. Uh, and it was crazy. I was like, wow. I've never walked out of an audition and went, oh, yeah, I got that. And then it actually happened. So. Yeah. Usually when I'm like, oh, I got that, I don't get it. Yeah, same here. I was like, yeah, I nailed that. And then three weeks later, you're like, oh, okay, I didn't get that. Oh, wow. Um, who Who was the first person that you called? Gosh, back in the day? Who did I call? Back did in I... 2015. Oh, gosh. Ancient times. Um, that was... That was the year when Back to the Future was set, <laughs> the second one. Some say. <laughs> Hoverboards and everything. I must have called my parents. Or I, maybe I called my girlfriend at the time. Oh, geez. I don't know. Who do you call when you get good I news? usually I usually tell my parents first, just because I have a rule that they're not allowed to ask me anything. And if I have news for them, I'll tell them. Really? Oh, that's a fascinating rule. Yeah, just because I don't want to... We go on so many auditions, I don't want to... Get their hopes up? Or, or just... Not theirs, but... As soon as I'm done with an audition, I throw away the sides out of my life. If I need to reprint on my will... You're a sides throwawayer. Yeah, Even I'm done. Even when you need them in the future. And they go, could you come back? Well, I mean, if they're like, can you come back? Then I'll save it. But um, I'm not like, tradition, throw it away. Um, but yeah, no, I don't want them asking me, like, do you have any auditions? Especially right now. They're at, oh, right. Of course they wouldn't ask you that now. You know, so I'm like, if I have news, yeah, you will a, find out. That's such a tough question to get these days where people go, so uh, what are you going to be in next? And they're usually referring to a theater thing, and you go, do you read the news? Do you have any idea what's going on? Has right anybody now? actually asked you that? Oh, yeah. No. Course. Yeah. People go, when are you going to be in Battle to Hell again? And I go, I, you know, we're in yeah. uh, a pandemic. Why Why would you think that? Somebody's like, so what's going fine? on for you? Tell me yeah. like, what's going on for you. What's the ba- what's happening in your life? And it's like, don't you get it? It's all over. Don't you see? <laughs> Don't oh, you see? been decimated. My time is done. I live in Tulum now. You know, but Tulum's a, a good choice. I'll, I'll I, look into that. You know, Rose McGowan uh, moved to Tulum. Seriously? Yeah, she just moved to Tulum. She had it, but I'm like, you know, girl, Tulum is pretty much still the United States if you think about it. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Um, so what was the workshop like? The workshop was madness. I could not get over how many amazing people were in the room. And I felt like such a newbie uh, going in there. And I think everyone was like, what? This kid's 
playing the lead and then you know you sing battle to hell the first time and everyone's like oh yeah okay however i want to say on the first day jim steinman is known to be a huge foodie he goes to a restaurant and he'll order one thing off of every single menu and or sorry every single menu item and he brought i want to say about 20 boxes of White Castle to the first rehearsal. And being the starving artists that we were, we were all grateful to like eat the food. And then about a half hour later, you feel like absolute garbage <laughs> and you want to take a nap. And then they're like, okay, yeah, let's read through the whole thing and sing through the whole thing. And it's like, no, no, not now. Uh, so he is, I want to say he's the rock god of excess in more ways than one. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. You know, we did the whole workshop and it's just an absolutely bonkers show with a very, very bonkers storyline. And you really have to remain committed uh, to make sure everything works. And I think we did the first performance in front of a whole bunch of producers and were surprised that there were like a bunch of thumbs up. And then I think the, the second show we did in front of the producers, I think, don't quote me on this, but I think Harvey Weinstein was in the audience. Sure, I believe it. And uh, we also got a huge round of thumbs up uh, for that performance as well. And then it was like left on such a high note and such a like positive, like great job. And then we didn't hear anything about it for months and months and months until I all of a sudden got a call from a general manager in the UK saying, we're going to do Battle of Hell in Manchester, London and Toronto. Would you like to be Strat? Wow. And uh, I mean, for that, I was like jumping on the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah. In Brooklyn. And people thought I was crazy. But uh, I, I don't know. I honestly, it it's anything can turn on a dime. And I mean, even the role I was playing turned on a dime. I'd been doing Battle of Hell, and then all of a sudden I was playing Matt in the Fantastics. And that was like straight from crazy, rebellious socialist into like, fun-loving Republican boy who uh, loves a girl on the other side of a wall. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think if there's a message, I guess, that I'm trying to say in a podcast, it's you never know what's going to happen. It's true. And you got to meet a wonderful woman. You got to see so much of the world and be a star. Yeah, I got to meet Meatloaf. I mean, it was, every moment was kind of like a pinch me, I'm dreaming moment. Like Meatloaf just, uh, I don't know, he's like such a rock god. Yeah. You just meet him and you're just at a loss for words like I am right now. And I think I babbled in front of him and he just put up his hand and said, I'm just an ordinary guy. You don't have to treat me like a legend or a star. I just like I'm an ordinary guy like everyone else. Just and call I, me meat. Yeah, right? Yeah, and call me meat. I called him Mr. Loaf. And <laughs> he, wasn't, he wasn't a fan of that. But like, my name's Meat. Yeah, it really is Meat. Yeah. Um, he won't answer to any other name. So <laughs> um, that was essentially a very... I don't know, almost cathartic experience because I went, you brought these songs to life and now like we're f filling that job 
And he just said, as long as you connect with the story and connect with it personally, then the audience can connect with it and make it their own and make their own stories from it. And I, I mean, he's a great actor. I, I don't, I don't know if when on stage he was actually playing himself or if he was playing a heightened character of himself. Yeah. Um, but we were grateful for his full on support with everything. I mean, he came to do a press tour just two weeks after he had had back surgery. Uh, so he was in tons of pain, but he loved telling me about all the times that he got into fights on tour when someone like smashed a pool cue over his head and he turned around and he's like, I feel sorry for you, my friend. And apparently he grabbed the guy and just dragged him through the parking lot for the rest of the night. Now, I don't know what he would have done to cause the pool cue to get smashed over his head, but you know, it's all. That that never happened to me during the prom. I will say that. No pool cue over that. Nobody was like, at, you know, whatever place was open house of brews. Um, but I'd say you, you're just so damn phenomenal. I know that you did him proud and, um, you have a new single, which is I do anything for love, but I won't do that, which is, I would say maybe one of his most iconic songs, one of his most iconic and it's completely unplugged. There's just an acoustic guitar and a voice. We wanted to really, really break it down from the complex meatloaf, Jim Steinman over the top performance and just bring it down to the heart and soul of a meatloaf Jim Steinman song. And uh, I, I did it with Jakob Reinhardt, who played in the pit for the New York City Center production. And he does an absolutely fantastic job on guitar. That's incredible. When, uh, when and where can we get this? That's on Bandcamp. It was released uh, on Friday, which I think I'm really not good with the calendar, but I think that was the 4th. Congratulations. Yeah. It's an early Valentine's gift for everyone because all we need is more love in this world. That's amazing. Everybody, please go to Bandcamp. And Bandcamp is also an incredible site to support your favorite musical artists. Um, it's, It's a great, great platform, much better than Spotify or anything like that, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, So... Go go there and experience the magical holiness that is Andrew Pollock singing I Do Anything for Love, but I won't do that. And um you also have a TV appearance coming up, don't you? I do. I don't know if you're a fan of Prodigal Son. Of course. You are. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a fantastic TV show. I absolutely love it. And uh I'm I'm going to appear in it February 16th at 9 p.m. That's so, so exciting. Yeah, yeah. No, it and I have to say, uh shooting a TV show during the COVID era is wild. Like it honestly feels like you're on the set of some biohazard and everyone is so extremely safe. Right? So yeah, you're like in masks constantly, then like you quickly act and rip off the mask and then smack back on you. And so. there's is there craft services anymore? Uh, yes, but it's very, uh, I don't know. I mean, their booklet that they sent you is like a Bible for all the safety precautions that they take. Wow. So, well, yeah. may, may we all take a moment and celebrate the fact that you got to work during this, incre- during this 
crazy time um, and that we can celebrate by watching you on Prodigal Son and listening to your music and uh, celebrating your art. Um, I'm grateful for artists like you during times oh like this. Oh my gosh, I'm grateful for you putting this all together uh, because like, this is this is the lifeblood of theater and the arts and you are continuing to make it pump. So really, I, I can't thank you enough. Um, You're incredible. I'm- I'm going to hug the shit out of you one day, okay? Oh, I look forward to that. Okay, one good. I'll touch. Even if you're not one of those huggy people, you're going to get hugged. It's going to be oh. uncomfortable. Okay. I, I think I'm a huggy person now. <laughs> I mean, I think I crave it, you know? I don't know about you. Oh, my God. I'd hug a tree. I'd hug a gangster. I'd hug... I'd you know hug... a gangster? No, but if I did... What if I just like my night? Yeah, my next door neighbor's a gangster, but like an old timey gangster that's like, see, run up Uh, your mail, see? The scary ones, yeah. Oh, yeah, see? They have have control of your mail. Yeah, they sure do, see? It was open, see? Um, Yeah. With the door? The door? I I, I like (laughs) where this story is going. (laughs) So you're saying he has your mail, he's broken into your apartment because he had the key. And now he's just going to give you the mail, but now the big threat is whether you're going to hug him or not. Or not. To be honest, it sounds like a Hulu sitcom. Yeah, it does. Like, out of work character actor lives next door to like a 1930s gangster, and he, yeah, I think I think I'm going to pitch that. Yeah, pitch, um, pitch to Hulu, Netflix. Yeah, I they're open. Uh, yeah, I, I I think they're maybe Hello TV or whatever the smaller networks are. I can do that too. Um, I'm going to do that right now. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we are going to have a fan call. Um, I'm going to pitch that show real quick and uh, we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Just Swallows Broadway today with Andrew Pollock, the dreamiest, most amazing performer in the fucking world. Okay, so now, Andrew, this is my favorite part of the show. We have a fan call in. With a question, a uh, an innocent young musical theater person like we were, and we are going to enlighten them and make their world a better place. Um, Elizabeth, tell me about our guest caller. Our guest caller is named Cassie Watt. She has been a huge fan of the podcast um, since it came out. And Aww. yeah, and uh, she's just really excited to be here. So uh, let's bring her on. All right. Hi. Hi, Cassie. What? What's going on? Nothing much. I'm so excited to talk to you guys. I'm so excited to introduce you to Andrew Pollock, uh, the darling of all theater, in my opinion. Um, You. Cassie, where are you from? I'm from Yarmouth, Maine. So just outside of Portland. Oh, okay. My brother lives in Sacco. Yeah, I know where that is. All right. It was very (laughs) snowy when I was there. Um, Cool. So what's your question for us? 
My question is, do you guys have any advice on keeping the love of theater alive when it feels like theater isn't really in a lot of people's daily lives? That used to be theater, theater, theater. And now it went 60 to zero. I don't do any theater. So just keeping the love of theater alive in the pandemic. You're not alone. You're not alone, Boo. Andrew, what do you think? I think this is probably one of the biggest questions for every theater person right now in the world. How do you keep the love of theater alive when you're not seeing it and you're not experiencing it? And I hate to sound so cheesy, and this is going to sound so cheesy, but theater is alive in your heart right now. You are keeping that flame going. Yes! So whether you're just in your room and singing a show tune to yourself in front of an audience of zero, or whether you're live streaming, or whether you're just imagining being on stage, you are keeping that dream alive, you are keeping that feeling alive, and you are keeping theater alive. I can't tell you how many times this past week I've just been breaking out into musical theater songs just in my room by myself with hopefully no one watching. And that has been, uh, I guess, my saving grace that has gotten me through uh, the many, many months we've all been going through this together. I second that. I was performing Carolina Change in the shower before this interview. <laughs> like, and no kidding, I'm really, really freaking good um, oh, in yeah. that show. In that show specifically. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, but no, I agree. Like, art is in us. And um, also, right now, there are a lot of opportunities virtually, like Broadway weekends and other sources that you can. Um, really find a a group of people that are in the same boat that love theater because um, like between the three of us, something happened to us when we saw theater or a musical for the first time. And that is something that the three of us will always have in common. That is something that makes us a part of a big community. So, you know, I can see your room filled with, playbills and posters theater's alive and well it just sucks right now <laughs> i don't know how else to say it it, it just, just sucks, sucks right, right now, now. yeah um, i'd say that's accurate you know like the saying when when one door closes another will open it's just hell in the hallway so we're coming back and theater's coming back and we can keep it alive right now, but we're going to be in a, in a hallway for a bit. Yeah. I feel like every time I put on a mask, like I've just thought about theater. Like, I don't know, from the beginning of the pandemic, every time I'll like do something COVID, I'm like, this is getting me back to theater. Like it may be annoying, but it'll happen. Well, that's a brilliant way to look at it, that it's one small step, uh, for theater, one giant leap for uh, eventually we'll get there. So, yeah, no, I, I think that's a beautiful way to look at it. Just knowing that every day that progresses, we're getting closer to being able to be in a room with a bunch of bodies again and uh, watch something that's actually happening, not on our screens, but um, what, several feet away. So that that's incredible. You've, you've inspired me with your uh, answer. So thank you. Cassie, what's one of your favorite musicals or oh dream gosh. roles? Well, personally, I'd love to go into theater business on acting, but I have the biggest soft spot in my heart for Legally Blonde. I know. Oh my it's not gosh! Like, oh my god! Yes, guys. it is. Oh my god, you guys! 
Um, okay, today I want you to do Andrew and me a favor, and I want you to sing the shit out of Oh My God, You Guys in your bedroom and just have a party. If you want to be in the business side, come up with like a fake um, receipt that you have to turn in for the Broadway revival. <laughs> and yeah, that's pretending to. Aren't I good at this? Yeah. Um, thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Andrew. Um, Cassie, thank you for joining us today. And, um, you know, you're keeping theater alive. And um, it means a lot to me that you came on the show. It means so much that you guys have me. I've listened to so many episodes, so I can't wait to hear myself on one. Hey, you're on one. Uh, Listen, give Maine my love. Tell it it snows too much there. But, um, you know, give me my love anyway and keep theater alive. And thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. You're amazing. I think that that was the sweetest thing in the world. And isn't that like the biggest question right now is like how to keep art alive? It absolutely is the biggest question right now. And I I feel that she had probably the best answer. Yeah. And I, I'm so thrilled to have experienced that. And I hope so many people can hear that, that each step we're taking is one step closer to theater. Absolutely. Um, how's it been for you during this time? I mean, not to ask like a stupid question, but... I don't think it's a stupid question. I think it's been absolutely awful. And you try to make the best of it every day. Uh, Like, I don't know where you were when March 13th rolled around, but all of a sudden everyone says we're closing our doors and then Broadway shuts down. And you go, oh, yeah, I'm sure in two weeks it'll be back. And those two weeks pass. And all your plans that you had just went out the window. Like, yeah. I was supposed to be going to Australia with Battle to Hell and we were going to do these big stadium concert tours. And that just all fell through. And I also had like a production of hair that I really wanted to be in. And I, I should really be asking for your advice uh, for that because I know you're a big hairy. If you ever want to talk about hair, I'm always here for you. Um, <laughs> were you going to be Claude or Burger? I was going to be burger. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's tough. I had things that were coming up that, <clears throat> you know, just sort of like flatlined. Um, but I always say like the best that we can do right now is try to take care of ourselves. Like if you're feeling sad, you're nailing it. If you are feeling good, you're nailing it. If you want to write an opera, you're nailing it. If you want to eat some fudge, you're nailing it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't mean to make it sound just terrible and just say, no, oh, it's not at all. Time, but I do want to express to people that there are some very, very positive people who are doing positive things during this time. And I really applaud them. Uh, but just like you said, it is absolutely fine to, uh, live the feelings that you're feeling and yeah. not not try to push against it and lie to yourself and be like, oh, yeah, I'll just keep smiling and just keep holding on to hope and hope that's going to change stuff. You, you need to acknowledge what's going on before yeah. you can make uh, the proper 
next steps. And it's okay if you don't want to make the next steps right now. Yeah, totally. We're we're all in this together. And, you know, if you ever need words of encouragement, we are here to hold each other's digital hands and help out. Oh, amen. You're the nicest person on the planet. I'm the nicest. You're the nicest. Well, thank you. No, but you're just so kind and so sweet and have such a huge heart. And um, I'm... I'm officially declaring that we are going to become best friends. Okay, sign me up. Where's the contract? Blood brothers, even. Blood brothers. Let's become blood brothers. Um, I've been obsessed with that show lately. Um, another Have one you? that I've been, yeah, I've been performing it in my house, like as Mrs. Johnson. I'll like feel it, you know. I'm like, don't take away the baby that appear. Um, I get really into it. Wow, I cannot wait for this one person performance of it. My Are you going to do like a TikTok? Okay. No, I don't do TikTok. I you can't don't do TikTok. TikTok. I'm, okay. I have three social media accounts and that's... And that's just enough. That's too many. Too many, um, sorry. Right. For me, for me, I'm an old crotchety person. And you're young and sprightful. I, you really... Do not strike me as old at all. So you've got to you've got to change that language around. Science and money, honey. That's <laughs> how you look so good at this age. Science and money, honey. Um, Andrew, thank you for coming on the show. I fucking adore you. You're awesome. I fucking Thanks. adore you too. Oh. Thanks so much for having me, dude. Just keep making art and uh, keep inspiring all of us because uh, you're a special, special dude. Oh, thank you. Well, you inspire me. Thanks for everything. And uh, keep healthy. (laughs) I'll fucking try. And everybody at home, thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned for more Josh Swallows. And if you want to support us, please do. Go to patreon.com slash Josh Swallows Broadway. We are having Zoom parties and you get access to videos of all of season one. What I know. I'm a miracle. All right. I love you guys. Talk to you soon. Bye. Josh Swallows Broadway is produced by Alan Seals, Dory Berenstein, and myself, Josh Lehman, with associate producer Elizabeth Wheelis. And special thanks to our Patreon producers, David Rimmer and Josh Harris. You can join them. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash Josh Swallows Broadway. Leave a rating. Leave a review. I read them. This is how I continue living. Help me live. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for keeping Broadway alive and swallow you soon. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.